Hey, uh, you know what's fun is to watch this place like week after week fill up. We thank you all for, for those who are at home. This is going to be different. I'm used to using my hands, so every once in a while I might just... And then you guys will lose. But we'll get, we'll get, we'll get used to that. Um, hey, listen, I want to start out this morning and just... I want to uh, give a thank you to uh, Greg Johnson, who preached last week. I don't know if you guys were here, but he did a fantastic job. Amen. Uh, it was great to have him and to get to know him a little bit. Uh, I know that my wife, Carrie, uh, she was working for Greg uh, when we first moved out here, so we got to know them a little bit, but they're a great family, and he is a, um, just a great communicator and also a, a, an amazing man of God, too, working there with InterVarsity. Um, so thank you to him. It was great to hear that, uh, you know, how appropriate to hear about putting our boats in the water, right, and getting our sails up to catch the wind of God's spirit, find out where he's leading us. That's what we're right in the midst of doing. I also want to just reiterate to you, those of you who are at home, um, if you can get here at 1030, if you start making your way now, you might make it. You can watch this later. Um, but uh, we really would love to have, uh, we're going to be going over the, the summer initiative and some vision for the fall. And uh, we have some big decisions to make about that together as a congregation. So we're looking forward to the congregational meeting today. Um, Today, I just want to, again, we're going to start in God's Word. This is God's Word. And, uh, you know, there are a lot of people that would say that this is an old book, and it is. It's an older book. But by old book, we don't mean that it's irrelevant. We don't mean it's a dusty old book, right? We just mean that it, it, some of the parts of this are like 4,000 years old, some of the words. But all that that means, that doesn't mean that they're irrelevant. It doesn't mean that God doesn't have anything to say to us in our day. All that it means is that for 4,000 years, God has been using these words to speak to people and to change lives, to change situations, to change the world. Amen? Because this is God's word. This is the powerful living word of God. And we're going to look at that today. Um, One of the reasons that we can be confident in it, when Jesus was here, Jesus was God himself walking among us in human flesh, right? And uh, when he was here, what did he teach out of? He chose to teach out of God's word. He didn't just kind of come up with his own stuff, even though his word was the word of God. It was spirit-breathed. But he, he would always go back to this. And when he started his ministry, we find him doing that in Luke chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. That's where we're going to start this morning. That's where we're going to start today is Luke 4, 16 to 21. Uh, let's stand. And you know, we stand when we hear God's word. Why do we do that? It's really out of respect. It's to make ourselves ready to hear. This is the living word of God. God is speaking to us. If somebody great came in this room and they were saying something, we might stand up just out of respect to them. Amen? This is God speaking. These are not my words. These are his. Luke 4, 16 to 21. This is one of the everyday stories from the life of Jesus. Jesus came to Nazareth, the town where he had been brought up, and as was his custom, he entered the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him, and he opened it and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. He rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down, and the eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he said to them, Today this scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. Now, what Jesus was saying at that point, he wasn't just saying, you know, as you're listening to this, this is going on somewhere. He was actually saying, hey, 
as you're listening to this, I'm the guy this is talking about. Today, this is fulfilled in your hearing. And he was saying, you know what? God's, God's word is not just a dusty old scroll that we take out and we look at. God's word is a living, active word that his spirit carries. And in this case, we find that the greatest message that God, the greatest word that God gave to us was actually his son, Jesus. Amen? It was Jesus himself. We see the word of God lived out in front of us in the everyday stories of Jesus' life because it's not just a dusty old scroll. It's the living word of God. Amen? Father, this morning, we just pray that you would speak to us your living word, that your spirit, who is here now, who is constantly with us, who is constantly breathing and speaking and carrying that word to our hearts, that he would be speaking. Our ears are open. Our hearts are open. We set everything else aside right now for this time that we might hear from you. Father, I pray that you would use me to speak your word, not because of anything that is in me, but because of what is in you and what is on your heart for your people this morning. So, Father, we make ourselves ready. We give ourselves in this time and this place to you, wherever we are, whenever we are. So speak to us now, we pray in Jesus' name, for your glory, by the power of your spirit. Amen. All right, have a seat. So this past week, I was down in North Carolina. Uh, I thank you guys for the opportunity to get down and see my parents. I hadn't seen them in about a year and a half. And many of you guys have talked to you. You're in the same boat. Haven't seen family in a long time. And so it's good to kind of have those breaks. So I went down there. And I don't know if you heard about this or you saw this. There was a, a news story down there where this boat had gone down off the coast of North Carolina about 25 miles And uh, there were three people on board, and this uh, rescue helicopter had gone out there. They got two of them, but the third person was pulled under, and they drowned. And uh, the reason that they drowned, this person drowned, was uh, this woman had drowned, was because she refused, according to her words, the last words that they heard from her, I'm not going to, they threw the life preserver, she didn't take it. She says, I'm not going to take that thing, the orange in it totally doesn't go with my outfit. And she went under. Did you hear about that? Of course you didn't hear about that, because that would never happen. I mean, seriously, your boat goes down in the ocean and somebody throws you a life preserver. You don't pick it up and say, I don't think this matches, sorry, right? That's not the time to be evaluating whether that goes with your, your coat or whatever, right? That would never happen. It makes, it makes a funny situation maybe on a sitcom, but never in real life. Would you agree with that? There are some things that we just don't ever sit there and critique or evaluate. There are other things I think that we don't get to evaluate. We, we come and we throw down our, our plans for this building we want to you know, build, we want to construct this building, and the engineers come in and they say, you can't do that, it's all going to fall in, it's, it's not going to hold up. And we say, well, I, I, just, I, I don't like your words, right? I don't like what you're saying to me. I think I'll just ignore them. Well, we do that, the, the building's going to fall in. We don't get to evaluate. We don't get to evaluate the eye chart at the DMV, right? You know, if you can make this a little bigger, I could see them better. They don't care. In fact, that chart, that chart in that moment, that's evaluating us. We don't get to evaluate it because there are some things we, we never bother to evaluate. There are some things we don't get to evaluate. There are some things that's funny that we do evaluate. How many of you have ever critiqued or evaluated the words that your doctor has spoken to you? Mm, 
they don't know everything, right? You know, maybe he's wrong. Maybe I need a second, third, fourth, as many opinions as it takes, you know, to find out, because I'm not really buying this. How many of you ever evaluate maybe the words that your, your um, car mechanic speaks to you, right? All the time. Well, they just want our money, right? They just want our money. That's why they're telling me that. If they're right, something could get horribly wrong in about five minutes. But, you know, if they just want our money, they might just be kind of fudging a little on the truth. So we evaluate. It's funny that we evaluate that, isn't it? There are some things that we evaluate and we, we critique and we, we think really what we're doing is I don't like what I hear, so I'm going to justify why I'm not going to listen to it. Right? You guys know what I'm talking about. You guys are all looking at me like you don't know what I'm talking about. I'm sure that you at home, you're staring at the screen like, that never happens to me. I never do that. You guys, in our story today, in this passage in Luke, Jesus goes to his hometown. He's going home to Nazareth. This is where he grew up. This is the town where everybody knows his mom, his dad, his sisters, his brothers. They know his family. They know him. And because of that, when he stands up in the synagogue, he's been out for a while. He has become recognized as a rabbi who teaches, who others respect. He's also become known as someone who does miracles. And he comes home, and as soon as he, as soon as he teaches, as soon as he's done, what do they start to do? They start to critique him. They start to evaluate. They start to say, yeah, I didn't like what he said really so much. So I'm not going to really, I might put that aside. I mean, it's just Jesus. He grew up here. We know the guy. And they start to evaluate. They start to kind of, so when he sits down and teaches. Now, what's going on? He reads this passage. It's out of Isaiah chapter 61. It says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. The Lord has anointed me to proclaim his, his most important message, his gospel, to the poor to those who are downtrodden, those who, are, who find themselves lacking and without. And he, is, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed and proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. And then he sits down, and, he's, and, and in, in that day the custom was when you taught, when you read scripture, you stood up, but when you sat down, you were going to teach. So if anybody had their phone out, right, that's the time to put your phone away because that's when you're going to learn something new about this passage. Many of these people had these passages, they had them memorized. They had a lot of scripture memorized. And so they'd hear him read and they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But when they sat down, the eyes of everyone fixed on him because they knew that they were going to hear something. And what does he say? He says, today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And like I said, he wasn't just saying, today as you're listening to this, this is going on somewhere. God's doing good things. You can tell that they took it for what he was saying. Today, this scripture has been manifest in front of you. I'm standing right here. This is talking about me. I am the one who is the spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointed me to do these things. And immediately, what do they do? Start critiquing him. They start evaluating him. They start asking questions. Where does he get all these gracious words? Now, really, (laughs) what that phrase kind of means, it's not so much they're not being complimentary towards him. They're saying, where does he get all this stuff, right? Where does, where does he come up with this stuff? These, these, these words that sound so great, where does he think he gets off? Isn't he, you know, in another um, of the Gospels, it says, aren't his brothers and sisters, aren't they still around? We still know them, right? These are still, this is a family from Nazareth. Nazareth was like this blue-collar working town, right? That's what it was. And so they're going, this, this is Jesus. He grew up around us. 
He got the same education we did. How does he, why is he coming off like he's so important right now? Like he's the one that the scriptures are talking about. And because of that, they miss it. What they don't understand is that, is that you know, Jesus is saying, I'm this guy. And when they, when they do that, they missed what he was saying. How many times do we do that to God? Have you ever done that to God? I know I have, right? God, God has something to say to you. And immediately, instead of listening, instead of taking it in, instead of receiving it and starting to walk in it, Jesus was saying, I'm here to free the oppressed and to release the prisoners. But instead of saying, oh, good, because I'm kind of bound up in this one area of my life, instead of going that way, they instead they start saying, I, I don't, I'm not buying it. I don't like how he's saying it. I don't like what he's saying. I don't, know, I don't like what it's implying about me. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write that off. He's just, he's just a Nazareth boy. I don't have to listen to him. And how many times do we do that? God comes and he tells us something, but instead of listening and hearing it, receiving it, walking in it, we begin to critique. We say, I'm not sure I like what you're saying about me. I don't like what you're saying about what you're expecting of me in this moment. I'm not sure that I, I want to do the things that you're calling me to. And because of that, we miss it. We think that, that when Jesus walks in the room, when, when God's there, like on, on a Sunday morning, okay, I'm going to let you guys in a secret. Preaching a sermon sometimes can be hard. And the reason is, is because when people walk in the room, a lot of times you guys are going, okay, convince me that I need to listen to the rest of what you're saying, right? So, you know, we start with a story about a boat going down off of North Carolina. Why? Because otherwise you guys are going to look at me and if I just dug right into this, you go, ah, okay, you know, come on, help me along here. Because we come in, we're critiquing. And you should critique me. You know, <laughs> you guys have every right to. But when God comes in the room, we do the same thing. He says, you know what? You need to change this. You need to tweak this about your life. And we say, ah, I don't buy it. You know, I'm, I'm not sure you even exist. We go into that whole thing, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. Again, you guys are staring at me like, I don't know what you're talking about. I know better. We all go through this. We all critique. And because we don't like what God is saying about how, what, how he wants to change our lives, what he's saying about our faith, and we need to grow. We don't like about sometimes the timing of our circumstances. We don't like when he says, hey, you're going to have to be patient and wait. We're going, no, I want that now. We, don't, we look at our paycheck sometimes, and we're going, God, how come you're not blessing me more? Right? We look at our stuff, and we say, we look at our, our kids, and we go, God, how come you're not making them better? And the kids are looking at the parents going, why aren't you making them better? Right? He says, you need, to, you need to change. I need to work this work in you to make you a reflection of me. And we say, I don't like that message. And so then we, start, we stop listening. We start critiquing. His home crowd missed it when he was right in front of them. He was saying, I am the word of God, the living word of God here to manifest this word that you've been hoping for all your life. I'm here to live it out in front of you. And they missed it. They missed it to the point that later in this story, you know what they want to do? They haul him out to a cliffside. They're, they want to throw him off this cliff and kill him. That's how angry they are. That's how stirred up they are by what he's just said. Because they missed it. All because they, instead of listening, instead of receiving the word of God, they begin to evaluate. They begin to critique it. They're not open to hearing his fear. So, so why do we do that? Why do we do that? Why do we go right to that point when God starts speaking to us something that maybe is a little bit more challenging? Well, you know, there are those times that we need to look at God's word and we need to say, you know, I, I'm going to do some study to find out how, if this is a historically kind of accurate, reliable um, 
reliable message. And we, we can dig into that. And God says, go, go to it. You can dig away and, and just confirm that God is, that this is, this is God's true word here. You can dig away at it. There are also times that we have bad interpretations of what it means. And we're carrying it and we go, that's just not lining up with life. There seems to be something wrong. We can critique that. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about when God himself is standing there and he says, this is for you and I want you to take this. But there are other times, and this is like, we we do like the hometown crowd. And we say, I don't like what you've just said. It's really clear what he said. He said, you know what? You need to go forgive that person who's offended you, that person that's wronged you. You need to let it go. We go, I don't like that message, right? I don't want to hear that. There are times that he'll he'll come to us and he says, you know, um, you need to forgive that person. You need to uh, invest. You need to take some of the, the, the resources you've just earned, and I want you to invest it in this person's life or into this work that I'm doing. And you're saying, I don't like that. I like my stuff, right? We don't like, sometimes we don't like hearing that he wants to, to take of our time and invest in a person or a thing that's not going to have any benefit to us whatsoever. And because we don't like the message, like his hometown crowd, we start evaluating. We start, uh, you know, um, critiquing what he's saying and saying, I don't, I don't think that, I think there's something wrong with the messenger. Maybe I'm not hearing you right, God. I'm, 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 I'm going to wait until I hear what I want to hear. And we just hope, you know, he hope, we hope that he changes his mind. How many of you guys have ever had God change his mind for you? Anybody? <laughs> I haven't, you know. He seems pretty adamant about those things like forgiveness and stuff, you know? I keep saying, but not that person. He goes, yeah, that person. It's like, well, if I give you about six months, I'll come back to see what you say. Same thing. We don't like it when we have to have a servant attitude towards others because we want to be served, right? I deserve it sometimes. I should have other people serve me. I, 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 I want to be right all the time. I want to be happy all the time. I want people to do what I say, not have to figure out how to navigate about people that aren't quite, right? I want God on my side. Because of that, we, we push aside that word that he's speaking to us. Jesus says there's a different way uh, to go about it. You know, I, I also want to touch on, I think there's sometimes that we have a hard time hearing what God's saying. Because honestly, we don't believe the, how much he loves us as well. I think that's the other side of this. Sometimes we don't like what he says because we know he wants to change us. Part of the reason we don't want him to change us is because we don't really believe how much he loves us. And that shows up when he tells us how much he loves us. And, and have you ever done this where God says, you know, we, we kind of, we sin, right? We all, we all do something. And we do it intentionally at times, like we did with our parents and like our kids did with us. And, you know, we, we push the boundaries. We, we test it. And we, we find, oh, okay, that's the line. And God still seems to love me. Well, what if I go a step further, huh? We're kind of like testing to find out when God's love is going to run out. You guys ever done that? Nobody's going to admit that one. You're not going to raise your hand on that. Oh, yeah, I'm doing that too right now, right? But we test that line. We're evaluating God even in that. He says, I love you. You go, oh, yeah? Let me try this. You still love me? He goes, yeah, I still love you. You go, oh, yeah? Let me go a step further. Because we're always evaluating what he says instead of just resting in it, instead of just going with it, letting him lead and guide and change our lives. Today, we're starting this series called Everyday Stories of Jesus, from the life of Jesus. Um, Every story that we're going to look at over the course of the summer, 
it will challenge us. Why? Because of the life of Jesus. This is God's word. It's God's word again. It's not just a dusty scroll. The word of God was best seen in the life and the person of Jesus Christ. That was God's living word among us. And so his, his stories are going to hit us this way too. They're going to challenge us, every single one of us. We're going to be in that, that conversation with God. They'll make us want to sometimes dismiss God and, and, and discount what he's saying to us because they may tell us stuff about ourselves or call us into this life that we know God has called us into, the same life that Jesus lived, powered by the same spirit that was empowering him to live this life, to impact people and guided by that same word. Because God is calling us to live this story, not just an everyday life. You know, we think of everyday life as just a life. Oh, everybody has that. It's the life of someone from Nazareth, right? Ah, that's just common everyday. We know that life. No, he's calling us to an everyday life. Every day. Every day that we're, we're talking with Jesus. Every day we're walking with him. Every day we're listening for his word. Every day we're, we're keeping our eyes open for what he might call us into, that work that he might call us into. Every day we start out depending and relying on his wisdom. He's calling us to be his everyday people. Amen? Not just common, not just ordinary, the people of God. You know, we shouldn't be, I think about just my relationship with Jesus. I think about the walk. I've been walking with Jesus. You know, I remember back in the day when people say, I've been walking with Jesus for a while now. And um, I can finally say that because I've, I've actually been walking with Jesus for a while now in my life. And in that, I have found him, um, you know, these times, especially these times when I would evaluate him, when I critique him, what he's saying, I try to press back. And then he would call me, he'd say, take a look at what's actually going on in your life. You're, you're, you're concerned about what I'm asking you to do in this moment, but look at what you're acting like I'm not there. You're acting like you don't want me in your life. But look at what you've actually gained. Look at what has come into your life because I'm there. And I look at my life and I, I, I see. You know, sometimes I do. I get frustrated with God because he, you know, he doesn't do things the way I want him to do. But when I look deeper, I have a peace about what I know the future holds and what I know my life holds. I, I have a peace about it. Why? Because I know he's there. Because I've gotten to know not just about this dusty old, you know, this scroll that I read some words on. I've gotten to know this person that actually walks with me. This person who actually lives with me, guides me, takes care of me, protects me, even in ways I don't even understand. Because of that, I have this peace. And I wouldn't give up that peace for anything. He says, well, I'm trying to guide you into more of it, right? I want you to pay attention to what I'm saying because I'm guiding you into, I have I actually look at my life and I see God has blessed me in ways that, that I, I, couldn't, I could not have uh, gotten to on my own. A lot of it is internal, but there are things outside. There are just relationships, people that I know, friendships that I have because I have walked with Jesus, because I've lived with him. And in those moments, sometimes he brings me back to that. He says, have I ever led you astray in this? And I got to say, no, no, you haven't but I still don't like what you're saying, <laughs> right? I still don't like what you're asking me to do in this moment. I still don't like it. He says, can you trust me? And that's when you have to decide. Am I going to listen? Am I going to receive it? Or am I going to critique it and try and throw him off a cliff, right? I found in those times 
where I've not listened and I've not followed, you know, that's when I don't have peace. You know, that's when I, I come up short of that thing that I'm really looking for. Every time that I do listen, what I find out is that he is just who he said he was in this passage, where he says he is that one who, and he comes alongside to do what? He says, I come alongside so that when you're afflicted, when you're poor, when you're down, when you're lacking, I come alongside to remind you of the encouraging and the good, the most important message that God has for you, that he is for you, that he has given you everything, that he, he supports you, that he sustains you, that he, he's holding your hand, that you'll never fall down as long as, you, as long as he's holding your hand. You, he'll never let you go. He says, I'll come alongside, I'll, I'll remind you of that. He says, I'm the one that when we're held captive, when we're caught up in our own, uh, uh, our own bad habits, our own bad thinking, we can't get out of it or a situation. He says, I'm the one that comes alongside and I release the captives. I'm the one who comes alongside and I heal, heal you when you can't see, when you're blinded by your, own, by your own emotions, by your own bad thinking, by your own situation. You're blinded. You can't see. I'm the one that comes and heals that blindness. I'm the one who frees you up when you're oppressed. I'm the one who reminds you and proclaims the favor and the grace of God over your life. When I do listen, I find that's exactly who he is. I find that he is the one, he has always been that. So as we come into this new series about Jesus, I want to, I want to encourage you. I, I'd, like, I'd love to command you, but you guys haven't given me permission to do that. Um, it's for your benefit. Um, but I'd love to encourage you, take this summer to get to know Jesus. That's what we're going to be doing in this, this series. Don't just be satisfied with knowing about Jesus. It's kind of like, you know, you know about France, but you've never gone there. You know, some of us know about God, and we know about Jesus that way. Oh, yeah, I know about Jesus. No, take time to get to know Jesus. Well, how do we do that? I think one of the ways, come on Sundays or tune in, right, every Sunday, because we're going to be going through a series, and we're going to be looking at these everyday stories from the life of Jesus and what his very life, the message that it has for us. So come every Sunday. And, uh, and, and tune in and listen to these stories and let them shake you up a bit. Receive them, listen, take in the word of God, let him guide you. Get to know his voice in that. Another is um, take time to read the gospels, right? Word of God, not just a dusty old book, not just a dusty old scroll. Take it off the shelf, read it yourself. Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Those are the four books that are focused on the life of Jesus. So take time to read those and to see what he has to say. Let that stir you. Let that begin to speak you. Get to know this, this God incarnate, this, this Jesus, this friend um, who wants to walk with you. There's a series on I want to encourage you guys to look for. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can also go to the App Store, and you can download it, but it's called The Chosen. The Chosen. Now, some of you guys have already been watching that, but go back to the first, uh, the first season and start at the beginning but it's just stories about the life of Jesus. And I can guarantee it is one of the best, it is the best series I've ever seen on the life of Christ. Um, and I've seen a lot of them come over the years. But um, go look for that on YouTube. You can start there and just watch it. Just watch the first, the first uh, episode. If that doesn't hook you, then I don't, I don't know what's wrong with you. <laughs> the Chosen. But most important, I want you to do this. This summer, I want you to start taking time in your day. I want you to take time each day, whether it's in the morning, whether it's in the evening, whether it's at lunchtime, I don't care when, but take a good amount of time, 15, 20 minutes, and just sit, and whether it's reading 
God's word and listening for his spirit as he speaks to you, or whether it's taking time and just praying and talking to him, not just giving your list, kind of, of God, I want you to do this, 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 but taking and just saying, God, what's on your heart? This is what's going on in my life. What's on your heart for my life? What's on your heart for what you want me to be about and what you want me to be doing this summer? Um, but take time to be with Jesus. Let him show you um, his word. You know, again, those things that we might not want to hear, but also let him show you how much he loves you. We sell God short. We get so distracted, especially in the summer, by so many things that we miss hearing what God has to speak to us, about what he wants to say to us. Probably the most important things we could, we could hear our whole lives is the word of God, the powerful, life-changing word of God. So let him be your savior, like he, he wanted to be for the people of Nazareth. Like he wanted to be, let him be your friend who comes alongside, who just encourages and comforts you. Let him be your Lord. Let him be Jesus. Let him be the living word of God this summer. Can we do that? Can we become the everyday people of God? Can we do that?